I really have concerns about you. And I feel like you need to have like a heart conversation with a friend. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is a little fucked up. But. Captain's Pod, Stardate 82-7123.3. Welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shortly from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, if you split her in half, you'd get Danae and Bad Nay. It's it's Ambassador Danae. Danae. And Bad Nay. Because like, Badgy and Goodgy. Yeah, but like, how do you make Danae? Is Den bad then? Um... In this joke, yes. Wow. Did you not did you not have more time to work that one out there, Cap? That was on the spot, yes. <laughs> How are you this week? We can tell. No, kidding. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I am um I am recovering from being pretty sick, but I'm oh, doing well. No. Your voice, I'm, is it gonna stay? Is uh, it gonna last? So yesterday my voice stayed almost the entire day, and today it's staying pretty pretty solid. So I feel nice. like I'm gonna be able to do the show without cracking out literally i can't wait I, I hope something gets you really excited and you get all high pitched and just <laughs> cracking all over the place oh it's rough yeah i want to see you suffer thank you <laughs> me too okay let's do some emails before we get into the show emails. okay hailing frequencies open everyone it's time to read your emails from discord twitter and well email we got a little confirmation on Twitter from Badgy and Cameron. This is regarding a couple of weeks ago when I we were talking about the Vulcan neck pinch and whether it was real. And I, I debated it's not real because we would be doing it to each other all the time. And you said it is real. We're just humans that choose not to use it. <laughs> so Badgy chimed in quite fittingly and said... Um, uh, that we are correct on the Vulcan nerve, or Danae is correct on the Vulcan nerve pinch. It's a real fin called the brachial stun. <laughs> yes, it is. And then Cameron jumps in and says, it's administered <laughs> slightly differently to a Vulcan is, nerve pinch, it but it wouldn't it be is. fun otherwise. I was like, what do you, you both, why do you both know this? <laughs> well, I studied martial arts. I was a martial artist for uh, several years, and that was one of the moves that I was taught. I was taught a lot of things that I hope to never have to use. Like mm, I know absolutely. how to break people. Yeah. And that is a scary thing to know. Um but yeah, you okay. It's like a chop to the like yes. clavicle neck. Yes. Area. That's exactly right. Yeah. And it's Boy. basically disrupts the the flow of information to your brain. <laughs> it's not it's not about oxygen. I think it's about just like this overstimulation stun thing that just puts the body immediately into a state of oh we got to recover <laughs> so mm. it just kind of knocks you out without actually having to be knocked out like by hitting your head and it and it does take a lot of precision mm-hmm. and a lot of exercise work and you should never try to do this unless you are very no. very well trained but since you are well trained i think it's safe for you to try it on me <laughs> i am not going to <laughs> chop the side of your your neck Okay. I'm not gonna do it. No, I just want to be knocked out. Why is that so hard? As a friend of mine, there is a. So as the time goes on and I've retrained myself, it gets mm. the, the percentage changes. So let's just say there's a 35 percent chance now that I will hit you. Oh, if I sneak up on you? Yeah. So Fair. if you really want me to to hit you, <laughs> no, I don't want it. Just keep you know, sneak up on me, mm-hmm. attack me somehow, 
and then just trust that I will hit you. I just don't. Let me just be clear. My first hit is not a brachial stun. No, <laughs> so. it's going to be penis or eyeball, isn't it? Yeah, I'll go yeah. for the eye gouge pretty quick. Yeah, uh, I don't want to don't do this around. anymore. No, I'm. Yeah. Or I could break your rib. I no, I immediately regret all. I do have oh. a lot of ribs though. It takes two pounds of pressure to <clears throat> twist and pull the testicles off. I don't need to know that. Next oh, question. I can dislocate your patella with only a little bit of pressure from What's my What's the foot. patella? Where's that? That's your kneecap. I don't know. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I only have two of those. Shall I go on? Badgie has another question. Um, okay. <laughs> what rank <laughs> and role would Babs have if she was in Starfleet? Oh, my Very quickly God. explain who Babs is. Okay, so Babs is a character that I created for a uh, private roleplay server, uses Red Dead Redemption as the medium. So you're playing as a character in like the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, and you basically join other voice actors on the server and you emulate a character. And so my first character that I created was just a normal, regular person. And then the second character that I created was Babs. Chaos and monkey from Boston. So the first character I created is this kind, loving Christian woman who loves to bake. And the second person I created was this alter part of my ego that just w says whatever comes to her mind and is pure chaos um, and dangerous and will do as she's told by the authority, the, the people in authority above her in order to gain herself, mm. you know, whatever. She's not money hungry. She's not. She's attention hungry. She yeah. likes to have food on the table and she likes to have attention. <laughs> and a and cigarette. So I really like that amplify parts of my personality. Mm -hmm. So if Babs was going to be inside Starfleet, that's a really interesting question. It, well, I don't, because I don't know that she would end up in Starfleet because she's like a few notches down the road from like where Mariner is. Like she, I don't know if she would necessarily belong in Starfleet, but I mean, shall I just, shall I ask Babs? Shall I, shall I welcome her to the table and ask her? Who the fuck are you, is her? I, I well, you came here, Babs. What no, would you like to do in Starfleet? Here. It was over there. I was having myself a smoky parky over there in the corner, just minding my own goddamn business. Like, oh, Babs, somebody wants to talk to you from peace Starfleet show or whatever. Well, I, I think you would do really well on a star, on a starship in space and with our organization. There's lots of routes to take. You could do command, security, the sciences, counseling, botany. What would you What would you like to be? In Starfleet. Okay, I stopped listening to you a long time ago because you're mm -hmm. using all these strange words I've never fucking heard before. But can we go back to the part where I ask, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I can see how this interview is going to go. Yeah, so I don't think the Babs belongs in Starfleet. I think you're no. right. I think she probably clearly would just be a bartender or something. <laughs> like Yes, 10 forward. She would be going would... No, I don't think she would be allowed on a starfleet i think she'd be like on a deep space nine sort of space like a oh, ferengi sort of bar. yeah she's never gonna be allowed and if she is it's entirely by accident and it would be an episode <laughs> where she's trying to get the fuck off of the ship because nice. none of this order is something that she enjoys mm. and and maybe it would be like that episode where the crew tries to take a very clearly damaged person with potential and then like show them their potential mm. and babs is just not interested unless you have really yummy food free drinks and we do have that this character of mine ended up accidentally joining the mafia uh which mm -hmm. in this world existed and they live in a really nice house with silk sheets. So I now know 
that another way to her heart is really, really scrummy bed. Really nice bedding. <laughs> That's not in Starfleet. The TNG beds suck. So she would, they I mean, she horrible. would. horrible. It would be like putting a cat in the tub and her just trying to get yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, understood. Well, I hope that in some way helped answer your question. I think it was extremely honest. I think that's what would happen. Let's get into the show. Bye, Babs. God, fuck you. Okay, Ambassador. This week's episode, Lower Deck, Season 4, Episode 8, Caves. General prediction, oddly specific prediction based on caves. Caves? Literally caves. I mean, my general one is going to be spelunking of some kind. Okay. Spelunking happens. Spelunking, yeah. No, I'm not going to let you have that they're just in a cave. Like, if they beam into a cave and walk around, failed. There has to be spelunking with, like, oh. climbing equipment, no, 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 crawling through things. Is, wait, hold on. I spelunking don't... is a technical thing. It's not just walking through a tunnel. It, it's not. It's the exploration of a cave. It doesn't It doesn't mean you have to mm. repel into. It's the exploration of. It says right here, the exploration of caves, especially as a hobby, but not has to be a hobby it's just the exploration mm, of caves fine okay <laughs> i'll let you have it in the wise words of babs <laughs> this would be amazing if it's not in a cave <laughs> <laughs> um my oddly specific thing is that i mean if we're gonna do something oddly specific about spelunking <laughs> we're gonna have a canary die you know oh, in a cage no. <laughs> Canary dies why in a I, cave. Why am I? No, for, for the people at home who don't know why that's a thing, shall we talk about that? Uh, yeah. The, I mean, back in the day, in the mining days, they would send a canary down because they would die first if they hit like a toxic gas or like mm-hmm. carbon monoxide or if the oxygen was dwindling. The canary dies first. So if the canary dies, you still have time to leave. We yeah. are terrible humans. Yeah. But but it's not like um they... It's not like these were sent down of their own free will, though they were trapped in cages yes. yeah. and brought down. And mm-hmm. yeah, if they if they died, it was for a reason. Yeah. Um. So that way, if if the monoxide poison was coming yeah. out, they could get out. You can get out now. I have been <laughs> fuck those birds, fuck those humans. I have been spoiled on this episode, so I cannot do any oh. predictions. It would not be fair. Does that make you sad? How did you get no, spoiled this time? Because it happens. Scrolling through the internet. I just, I can't use the internet. If I really, really care about not being spoiled, mm-hmm. I need to not be on the internet while yeah. we're doing these live shows. But I don't care too much. I'm still going to have an awesome time. Let's go. Two to beam, two, ten forward. I wanted to walk. You always want to walk. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first: What is your thing of choice from the replicator? Um. Hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah, I choose the birthing water. Ew. I don't think it's actually the birth water. I think it's more the gestation water. You want Rutherford's placenta? No. no middle of the cave dude oh that I pond that right sick. Well, I mean, like there's water there i mean there was just wa- there was, water that could what, been anything. it's water it was the water in the cave i understand how that could be confusing yeah. i am not you want that the cave person. water yeah. okay still gross um <laughs> and you've kind of ruined my one now which was i want a bear bear i want to i want to replicate an alien bear bear to eat no I, you don't have to eat the thing that you're replicating jesus why would you want to replicate a baby? Knights of Columbus. Because it's not a real one, so I can put it back in when I'm done with it. That is so disturbing. 
<laughs> Give us a synopsis. I can't. My brain hurts just <laughs> thinking about what you just said. You just put it back. <laughs> Pretend, baby. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Uh, in today's episode, <laughs> we have... Uh, do you want flashbacks? We have some flashbacks for you. How about cavebacks? Mm-hmm. Did you not know that the cavebacks are a thing? You might think a caveback is whenever you stand in a cave and you echo, echo. But no, no. It's when you go to a cave with your friends and you recount all of the times that you've been in a cave and all Star Trek fans giggle because apparently mm-hmm. there's a lot of caves in Star Trek. Did, Did you, you know, know this thing? new person watching Star Trek with me? <laughs> no, we didn't know this. But after today's episode, confidently, we know this to be true. We need to watch more cave episodes. We really do, <laughs> clearly. Apparently it's a theme. Um, yeah. you know, in, this, in today's episode, also th- through the beloved art form of flashback storytelling, we learned that our friends who have been separated to do other things in the burrito have come back together to have a wonderful mission only to feel displaced, not knowing their ranking order amongst each other anymore. The great social experiment of what happens when we evolve as people begins to devolve and we see our friends eat each other alive. Well, actually, it's moss. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah. at the very last moment, they're regurgitated with one last chance for friendship. And this is the moment when the most amazing story can be told. But it's not the greatest story. But don't worry, it works out anyway. That's a pretty great synopsis, actually. Well done. Did you mm-hmm. like the episode, overall thoughts and feelings? It might be my favorite one so <gasps> far. Yeah. Tell me why. That's incredible. Wait, favorite one of the season or favorite yeah. lower decks episode altogether? I don't know. I can't say altogether because I don't remember anything that happened before ten minutes ago. But it's fair. It's fair. Uh, we covered a lot of tea. So to be fair, I can't actually compare it to the season either. <laughs> technically, <laughs> no, I really yeah. loved it though. Oh, that's I, incredible! I'm so glad. It 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 clipped really nicely. It had some fun yeah. stories. It showed dynamic. It showed individuality while also showing the group dynamic. It had fun kind of like little problem solving situations and it took some turns that were very rick and morty-esque to me where it's Mm. like what the fuck but true to my sick personality maybe not like on the darkest sick scale but technically definitely not not replicating babies sick yeah we need to talk later like (laughs) you just snorted i did i really have concerns about you and i feel like you need to have like a heart conversation with a friend you know what i mean like oh, this is a little fucked up but yeah. um no 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 like when and we're just jumping around here when that guy has a busted dusted fucked up leg and starts oh, to I age died. It's, i just did it's not so good i did not see that coming and and honestly I was like, this is so wrong. And it's, it's so, so great. funny. It, and it's just like <laughs> nothing. You would never see this in T. You would never no. see this in any other Star Trek material. <laughs> no. It was so good. I was hitting Aaron because I was like, when they said, just come in, it'll heal. And I was like, that's not how that works at all. <laughs> like, that's not going to heal right. But then she's like, really? And like, <laughs> and it's just as he ages, like, no, it's healing wrong. My leg fell off. <laughs> it's so perfect. I was like, that's exactly how that would happen. It would heal wrong and then oh, fall man. off. And it did. And it did just that. It did just that. And then, it's you beautiful. know, that's a fun turn. Where it wasn't even a necessary sacrifice. But then we had like, you know, Rutherford <laughs> having a baby and that weirdness and just all uh-huh. these all these like really unexpected kind of things. And it clipped at the pace 
that I really like this show mm-hmm. to clip at. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think one of the reasons this was one of my favorites is because there, the whatever references were there, it wasn't so much that I felt like I was missing out on something. Uh, yes. So it's again in that really sweet spot for me for this show. Uh, what were the references that you think I would have missed on this one? There's obviously the aliens with like the tentacly things, mm-hmm. and then we have probably so many other things I I can't even. Well, overall, like of. this was actually reference light. Like you've hit on the point of why this episode works so well for me, really well because this is referencing plot cliches not specific points in star trek history so it's not mentioning this admiral and this affair and this thing there's a few of them in there but mainly this is about hey isn't it funny when star trek does cave episodes the bottle episodes like being trapped in a turbo lift which happens right. in tng and there's two there's three occasions where people have been trapped and ended up pregnant so each story oh, oh i'm sorry can we just can we, mm-hmm. ha- can we pause on that for a second? Yes, we can. Yeah. That's actually reference to something that's happened before? Three times before. Yeah. There have been three accidental pregnancies. <laughs> that I can remember. There could oh be more. Oh, my God. Why? 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 Why of all things? I've told you about one of them. This is like Tom, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Tom Paris and Janeway mm-hmm. break like the warp 10 barrier, turn into salamanders and then have a salamander baby. I don't remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Tom kidnaps Janeway. They go and accidentally have a salamander baby. Deanna gets impregnated by a ball of light that wants to experience what it's like to be a child. So she has a pregnancy in about two weeks. And then the baby grows up and over the course of like a few days is gone. And then the other one um, in Enterprise, Trip, as part of like a a makeout session gets impregnated and he grows like nipples on his arms and he ha- he he has a baby as well so lots of non-consensual babies okay but so like nipples but then where were the mammary like glands it's, it's in, in the that. arm it's just yeah it's just in the there's, arm I mean, there's, there's not, not a lot, lot of tissue of, there it's for... not a great episode of enterprise <laughs> But yeah, like <laughs> the pregnancy, th- the pregnancy thing is referencing that. So all of these, this is just like a show that deals with the fun stuff that Star Trek does. This is an episode <laughs> that's like, here's all of the different plot cliches all in one episode. It's great. Well, I love it even more then because it's so ridiculous. And I wouldn't know that because I haven't seen mm-hmm. any of that stuff. So I don't realize yeah. that it's a reference. I think that uh-huh. they're just being crazy, but it turns out they're being like a duplication of crazy. They are. They are sending it up and just replicating it. And like, this is one of the less crazy, like, ways the a crew member has got pregnant. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. What blew my mind too is that the the trek restriction was children based as well. Yes. So I was like, what's going on? Is this just a theme? Is this what's just happening babies. right now? It's just, just babies, babies everywhere. Yeah, kids everywhere. The couple of real specific things that they mentioned that you might have missed. Like, yeah, the aliens are from the animated series. So, I mean, mm. I had to Google that. I knew, like, the name okay. was in my head somewhere. So they're a species from the animated series. Um, and th- my favorite reference of the whole episode is the conspiracy guy is like, yeah, you guys made up the conspiracy about warp travel damaging the damaging subspace mm. so for some reason in like i think it's season six or seven of tng they did this climate change episode where there's this alien species that are trying to stop starfleet from using warp travel because it's tearing a hole in subspace and that's going to explode yeah. their planet and create a ton of damage so at the end of the episode starfleet says all ships 
can only travel at a maximum of warp five unless there's an emergency. Never mentioned again. Ignored. Wow. They just decided that limitation sucks. We're not going to use it anymore. So I love that Lodex has brought this back and posited this theory that no, it's fine. It was all. It was, it was a, all. It faked. was just a. It was a fake thing. That was one of the few conspiracy theories that is true. So you're fine. You can go at warp nine. Okay. So so if that's the case, I would love for there to be like in my mind, Starfleet then would have a document outlining every time that a ship or you know someone in charge deemed it emergency for warp and so we would just have this list of all of these reasons that warp (laughs) yeah is like we had to use it because of this like yeah the groceries were getting cold warm and we had to get them home like what 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 kind of crazy things yeah like what constitutes an emergency and then all these individual ships have their own way of coming up with what an emergency is Mm -hmm. and then that document just gets beefier and beefier i would love to i would love to see that maybe maybe we'll see nobody was interested in doing that they were just like there was there was a couple of episodes where picard would get a briefing from starfleet and would say normal normal warp speed limitations are rescinded for this that's the only like kind of nod that it gets otherwise it's completely ignored Mm, okay well but it was definitely a commentary on climate change which is great but not going at warp nine kind of shits on your spaceships a bit. And and we were talking about com badges working. We don't know why on this one. too. It's just as fun. This is a fun yeah. episode that just kind of folds in on itself. But before we go into like every scene by scene by scene, let's go through our predictions. Let's do it. You didn't get to do predictions this week, sadly, because you were spoiled. I've been spoiled. So I knew that this was an episode about caves and that this was going to be a very flashback to Star Trek trope themes so i was kind of heavily spoiled your big uh, big prediction was spelunking in a cave which which, which just guarantees me a win it I guarantees me a win you were you were a coward you could have done something very different mm-hmm. but you were correct you get that oddly specific was a canary dies in a cave mm-hmm. i don't think that happened oh you didn't see that scene no, no, I skipped that scene. Oh, okay. yeah. As soon as the canary turned up, I was like, nope, I'm not even going to pretend that it dies. <laughs> no, Unless that was, ensign named no. his leg Canary, <laughs> a canary did not die. It's, and it was like the cage was the pants. Yeah, it's my favorite leg. <laughs> canary, come back. Oh, my God. So, well done. You get one general prediction. Congrats. One general prediction. Thank you. Thank you um, so much. Overall, I really loved the episode as well. It was really cleverly done. Each one of these flashbacks could have been its own episode, which hurts me a little bit because the nerd in me wants 30 episodes where they they just explore all of these ideas. But that doesn't mean it's going to be executed well. Like, it's just fun to throw a lot of these scattershot ideas in. Um, like, at the very end of the episode, Boyne was like, oh yeah, there was that time that we met our doubles. And it turns out that they were, they, they pretended to be from the future, but it turns out they were from the future, but they were aliens. I was like, I want that episode! That yeah. sounds amazing! Yeah, this, it, it very much felt like a lot of great ideas being able to, like, it, we got a a shotgun blast of yeah of this little... is on the writer's board that isn't going to make it so let's just use it as a one-liner so so we know through interviews in the past that there's you know writers and they kind of pitch their episode idea I, I like to think that of all of the episode ideas that they reviewed there was a massive portion of them that were cave related and we just saw yes. you know <laughs> yes a little rapid fire of all of the cave Guys, ideas stop <laughs> suggesting cave episodes Quit it. <laughs> but they work you know yeah 
Fine, um, we'll do them all in one. And I can imagine too the any of them that are more like live action, a cave episode is an mm-hmm. easier set build in some ways. Like it's something different, but it's not too difficult to do. So and it's it's more kind of all in one area. We're gonna do a little cave in. We're gonna give a reason why they can't just beam out. Mm-hmm. And you have to get clever when you create a universe where you can pretty much get anywhere instantly. Why not have to slow them down a little bit to give yourself the room mm-hmm. to breathe in storytelling? So Why aren't you on a new planet every week? Well, because yeah. it's expensive, but that doesn't make sense. Yeah. That genuinely is that's something that this episode is sending up as well, that each of the caves that they were in in the flashbacks look very, very similar because Paramount would use the same set for star trek oh. uh, voyager and deep space nine so more often than oh, not okay. they are in the same cave for all of these episodes oh, they've just dressed so it fun. differently well, so that's like, why they didn't animate it yeah because they each had that kind of like little like the little area uh-huh. where, and then they had the, like, the little ledge and the yeah. little section in the back like to i give have it such a, a clear dimension. image of this cave and it's in so many different episodes so yeah it's it's so fun so so fun well i mean why wouldn't you do that that's a great nod. Because what makes the moment is the acting and the writing. You know, the set design, yeah. the set design brings it to life, of course, and the props bring it all to life, of mm-hmm. course. But, but you it's know, nothing without a good story in it. It's like whenever you're watching TNG or whatever, and you're just seeing the same hallways over and over again, just shot from different angles, or or even watching Grey's Anatomy. How many scenes can they have walking down how many halls? You know, yeah, it's the exactly. same hall over. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing over and over again, but. You don't if you don't notice it, it's because the other parts of the story are singing really, really well. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to sometimes think about doing that in an animated series. But this one purposefully puts them in a place where they're 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 calling attention to that repetition, even though they could animate anything that they want. That's the beauty of it, isn't it? Like, if I was an animator, I'd be paralyzed because you can just draw, just draw whatever you want. Like, the restraint to not do that is great. It's so good. Like, to still stick to that trope, it's just, it it just shows such a love of, a love of why, why we watch Star Trek. It's, for me, it's the same as Doctor Who. I love old Doctor Who. I completely see past the bad effects, the cardboard sets, because I love those stories. Like, it's such a good thing to remember. But this show is purposefully saying we're still going to restrain ourselves so that it has that same uh, vibe, that same energy of what you would see. And that's just brilliant. And yeah, I, th- I think it's, so it's just good. such a nice nod that there's just a whole bunch of fucking nerds involved in this. Yeah, <laughs> there's so, it's so many nerds. But like, if you line them all up and you're just like, y'all Star Trek nerds and I love mm-hmm. it. It's amazing. So I think the other reason this, I'm just going to love on this episode. The other reason, I, th- I have a feeling you'll agree with this, that this episode does so well is because they're back together as well. And they mentioned this at the top of the episode. Like, since we got promoted, I feel like we don't get to go on missions anymore. Yeah. And it was so fun to see the four of them back together and on a mission. How did you enjoy that? Well, it, yeah, it kind of like threw that out early, but they're, they, they're put together and we're excited about it. And then we're in flashback form seeing their development as individuals. And mm. that was a really, really clever way to, to move that storytelling along where we're not saying that they're going to be stuck back together again. The writers didn't shoehorn them into a situation where they're no longer going to be able to continue their individual paths. But, mm. you know rather it almost gave more dimension to what's been happening because boimler and rutherford are mentioning that they're roommates so when boimler <laughs> just quickly drops his pants <laughs> wow you did that immediately <laughs> he's like well yeah we're roommates <laughs> and there's like a, that one line you know validates and solidifies this 
whole world that they've only alluded yeah. to and we've kind of seen a little bit of of Boimler and Rutherford having this bond that is existing beyond the four of them, you know, being stuck in the lower decks together. Mm. Um, and we see Rutherford and Tendi, you know, continue to have their bond in those <clears throat> clever lines where we're seeing them, you know, interacting quickly with their like passion for engineering. Um, yeah. and, and Mariner, you know, oddly isn't, she still seems to be written as this one that she's kind of struggling. She's like, yeah, yeah, it's an away mission, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm like, why? it seems like she's voicing it in a way where she's worried about something that's about to happen. But, you know, in this episode, they didn't really dig back into her uh, sabotaging. Not not only did no. they not dig into it, they plant her more firmly in the friendship department. She mm. has a nice growth moment with Tendi where she apologizes for cutting her off. And then we see a flashback where she's actually excelling with another group. So I find yeah, myself as kind a leader. Of, yeah, and I kind of, I, I find myself wondering, because we have talked about it on this show about, her struggling with that sort of like what is she doing why is she self-sabotaging mm. i kind of i hope that they address it but i'm gl like maybe this would have been a good episode to at least have a line looking into it like i don't know but at the beginning i was wondering what she was going to do to sabotage because it kind of seems to be her thing this this season mm. um, in an interesting way and then we don't really go anywhere with it. So I kind of quickly lost it because there's so much happening, like shuffling mm. in that I was distracted by the fun that I was having, which is a good sign. Yeah. But upon reflection, I'm still wondering if there was a moment for her to just be like, you know, hey, guys, it's good to be back with you. It reminds me of why I love to do what I do. Just a little yeah. bit of that character insight would help me because I'm still not sure where to place Mariner for this season. I agree. I, I do agree. However, this is what I've wanted from her. I want her to exist. Uh, without having to reference that like just be mariner like she starts off by saying i hate cave and that's the typical thing name a tng trope and she probably hates it because boimler's a fanboy of it and they're <laughs> the two sides of the coin she's the everything yeah. wrong with of the of the two of she's them she's the cinema sense brand she is and yeah she's like i hate caves they're so dumb and i love when she gets beamed to the planet it's like i hate caves <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> so good and I, then immediately something goes wrong I'm because sorry. she knows this is gonna happen in a cave so for me this that's exactly where i wanted mariner to be until we have a reason for something to change or something that is going to inform more about how she's fitting into actually progressing her career etc rather than self-sabotage for the sake of self-sabotage which yeah. i think we've dipped into a little bit too much i just like that they existed here as people mm -hmm. any other standout moments oh my god so Do so it. many everything about this was a standout in my opinion because that's amazing not only so it was like one of the things i love visually i don't know if i've noticed it before and i've mentioned it and then forgot that i've mentioned it so i'm just gonna say it now when they beam it looks a little bit like dna strands oh i love it so much Did it's you, kind have, of have a you noticed that before yeah it's kind of a mix between the tng transporter effect and the jj abrams one with like the chris the chris pine star trek where it's like way more spinny, 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 spinny. It's so fun. I love that transporter effect. It was so, so pretty. Um, Every scene was hitting for me because there was something fun, you know, kind of going on. And the birthing thing, uh, when when he's like, oh, yeah, didn't I mention that I had a baby? Yeah. Didn't I mention that? What I no, loved, you didn't. What I loved about that is that they instantaneously created the feeling that the rest of the friends are feeling for the viewer. Mm. which is a really clever thing to happen yeah it is because of course How did they, we miss this adventure like wait what you know so we're feeling like wait what and they're feeling the same thing mm -hmm. and th was that the first flashback 
Uh, no, that was the second one. The first one was the conspiracy theory with Boimler. Oh, with Boimler. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so then whenever it flashes back and then they're like, okay, we're going to be doing some interesting shit here. That was really, really fun for me to kind of mm-hmm. go, what is this? And the creature that had like that transfers. Have we seen this alien before? The no, one that- I don't think so. Not to my knowledge. No. Mm, okay. So, so we've got this whole like baby transfers story uh-huh. happening when they're kind of like living out in a cave. So that was fun to watch. And then it hits the next note when Rutherford uses his translator to communicate with this cave grunting thing. And the first thing it says is, wait, did you just talk to me? (laughs) (laughs) Which honestly is what someone would say. Why can I understand you? I think oftentimes in those moments with cinema, they're not going to allow that to eat up runtime of mm. paying these actors to you know perform or yeah. whatever like they just assume they can speak to a horse now the expense is is great on any kind of production even the animated stuff and it's not always meant to be a comedy um but the reality is that that would be absolutely the reaction <laughs> yeah the very first wait did you just Wait, did you just talk? You know, that's... And it was just funny yeah. to see that because I've never... I don't remember that ever being the first thing that someone says. You want it to be like this profound thing and often cases like, I'm so glad to be able to speak with you. You know, yeah. small human thing that smells like feces or whatever that they would say. But this is just that confused like, oh no, and I've been watching you. You're pretty cool. Yeah, let me help you get out of here and then you know, yeah. bust through. And make, I thought that was really, mm-hmm. really clever. So yeah, that was a, another moment that sung for me. Yeah, it's a unique way to to cross that line instead of just accepting that the animal can now speak. I mean, this cave monster must be kind of intelligent, though, because it needs to understand language mm-hmm. and not just mm-hmm. be, like, instinctual as well. So they, they kind of got a bit lucky. But, yeah, I love that. Um, I, I think the pairing of Tahana with Rutherford, like, oh. the pairings in this were really fun as well. Like, uh-huh. I love how no-nonsense Tahana Tarana is. She's like, oh, yeah, you're going to be pregnant for about a few seconds. Bite on this while I cut it out of you. Yeah. Hold this while I seal you up. <laughs> and <laughs> then like, he... what's going on? Yeah, and then she just has this little bit of what we call a human moment because we're, you know, a very egotistical species, and also that's what we refer to. That's we, We're self-referential. She has a kind of that moment where she softens a little mm. and yeah comes to enjoy herself and appreciate the baby which was an interesting kind of wink and nod to something going on with that character but again what i love about this show is that that doesn't feel the need to sink into it too deeply we just kind of move on in our our beautiful comedy sequence so well and that's one of the the tough balances that i think this episode did really well was clipping through four stories essentially Mm -hmm making them all feel real themselves um but then the advantage is you get this really pacey episode which is yeah it's so much fun and it does this it does this nice juxtaposition where dr t is like showing this sort of like softness but then i think her final line as they get out of the cave is shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah shut the fuck up don't spoil it it's true to character so good yeah and it had the aging this one had aging just like the intro too like your game, it had so much of. Did you 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 didn't know to no, do that on I had, purpose? I didn't know about the aging. Trick or no. triction had like I'm I'm thinking holy shit, this weird stuff happens to us all the time. It's pretty yeah. cool actually. So for trick or triction in the trick or triction in the outtakes, we did future imperfect, which I'm sure plenty of people will know is Riker. It ends up getting aged in a certain way. Um, so yeah, quite a coincidence. The other thing I love about this episode is that it's a like little subtle reminder that they have adventures that we don't see. 
Mm-hmm. Like, if there is growth that happens, it's because we see a snapshot of their life. They are doing lots of other missions between episodes as well, and that's really important to remember. Yeah, it does. It gives it. It gives it some dimension in such a short amount of time. It's mm. incredible what they can pack into. Oh, it really is this show and. It's like the perfect kind of combination of what happens when the animators are doing really clever things for us visually. <laughs> the writers are doing great work. The voice actors are bringing it together because someone could write like, hey, put that book down. But you could perform that 10 different ways and it means different things. And so that's working. The director's working. Everything is just singing in this. And, and I, I am yeah. so glad to watch this one. This is such a fun one to kind of go through. Yeah, um, and I feel like it's placed at a really good point in the season. Like, we've talked about where these episodes pop up. This feels like a really good episode eight, where we've seen eight episode, seven episodes of them in their new position. And this kind of solidifies how that is changing them and how they're evolving and just gives them a chance to go back to their roots as well. Like, this show is by, like, if it gets seven seasons, we're now over halfway through all of the lower decks that we're going to get if this follows the mm. TNG Voyager Deep Space Nine thing of having seven seasons. Yeah, yeah, which would be kind of a bummer, honestly. Mm. <laughs> but uh, at least we get it. That's the thing is to be yeah. thankful for, Enjoy for what we get. I also like that this episode kind of posits that the, the cave that our crew is in is holding them captive in order to hear their stories. But then oh, behind... It's great, isn't it? <laughs> but then behind that is this tentacle-y... Uh, I can't remember the name of the... Oh, the... Um, ver- ver- not ver- um... Viridian? Ver- Verdiers? Verniers. No, the, the veneers. Are... We'll call them the veneers. Yes. <laughs> the Viridian system is an actual galaxy. Hang on, let me really? see if I can... Yeah, the Viridian... Vendorians are the these Vendorians. aliens. Yes, but the Viridian system is mentioned in a Star Trek movie. So, so they're essentially saying, ah, eh, let's keep them together. They're having a good time. So this... It's the second time that this particular alien has been in a cave and mm. this would be their second time seeing rutherford no boimler right uh yeah it would be yeah so so what are the odds of that and maybe that's a sin but but the idea that the cave itself wasn't it wasn't just that the cave was sentient uh and the moss is sentient mm-hmm. it's something that these shapeshifters are doing so yeah my, the I, vendorians I do... like to mess around with people in caves as well so my question is are the vendorians shapeshifting and does that mean that the vendorians were like essentially just holding them to the wall as moss um, pretending no, to be no, moss? No, the moss the moss is separate so the moss is a creature the moss is separate oh, but the vendorians okay. might be maybe they put the moss there or they're just using this as an ex- as a observation ground okay Okay. And I think it could be like an explanation for why. Why does all of this interesting happen stuff happen in caves? In it's caves. because Vendorians love they're to be everywhere. in caves and set people up. Yeah. So they're just they're doing their their tests. Their their um uh tests of character. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In all, in all cave systems. Mm-hmm. I sort of love that. Yeah. I, I, it like makes the, so much sense. Like explaining. Not just nodding to it, but explaining why it happens is a great thing that Lower Decks does. Because the moss is choosing to keep them alive, you know. Mm. <laughs> when the moss chucks out that that skeleton, yes, <laughs> and she's Mara. like, Mara's like, way to waste bones, dumb moss." 
That's so fucking funny. That got me and Aaron as well. It's <laughs> so great. Way to waste bones. Like you, you wanted to eat more. Oh my <laughs> that's god. So good. I mean, that's just like a nod to wider animation, isn't it? Like the monster will eat something, but always leave a skeleton so that you know what it ate. So it's that's just, so it's funny. such a fun nod. That's great. Oh man. Um, it all it all hit for me. What what else did you have? I think was there. I think I I think I've thought of everything with Rutherford. And there was so like there's the aging moment. There's mm-hmm. Boimler's moment, and then there's Tendy's moment. Yeah, Tendy too. is kind of her good, her best memory is being stuck in the turbo lift, which is getting stuck in the turbo lift happens multiple times. The best one is when Picard is stuck in a turbo lift with four children, which is just oh, what, that was whoever torture. thought whoever thought that up was just like. Oh, this is excellent. This is this is incredible. And it, it's a great, great episode for me. Um, so yeah, and Tendi's just like really happy because that was a nice bonding moment for them. And they do yeah. the quiz, which happens in Voyager. Like Bellana and um Harry get bored, so they end up doing this <laughs> quiz. And Torres just gets frustrated. This is a dumb, stupid quiz. I don't want to play the quiz. But obviously Rutherford and Tendi are loving it. Yeah, it was nice. It was honestly nice to kind of go back to because I I've seen that episode. It was the first mm. episode first episode? what was oh yeah they refer the back to the first episode yeah with the zombie yeah. virus yeah so 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 what a fun thing to do is revisit like yeah because they're moment. still phasing off the goo from the walls yeah really yep. nice touch and then just kind of remembering oh that ship was fucked up yeah so, ransom was eating people mm-hmm. <laughs> all the trouble with the, the different elements and you know they're stuck they're kind of stuck in their space playing games um mm-hmm. i think they did a good job to not sit in that moment too long since we've sort of I don't know. I, I, the episode itself was about them coming back together. And mm-hmm. what I loved was, so, so when we start this, this one, they're like all kind of unified. And then each of the flashbacks sort of highlights something that sort of could tear them apart. And they're getting frustrated about, you know, sharing yeah. each other, learning that there's things that they're doing with other people that kind of hurts their feelings and and things like that and then by the end of course we're, they're coming back together but the coming back together that we see is a flashback that we kind of have already seen and they didn't spend too much time in it we weren't mm. in the turbo lift too long we saw i think them like you said play a few games and then we're back into the real moment where they are laughing about the door being busted open in the mall like being scared yeah. mm-hmm. which wasn't really super funny for me but it was for them and that was yeah. a really interesting sort of thing to think about as well. Like That's the kind of thing you have to be there to enjoy it. And that's fine. And that's why they shouldn't have spent too much time on it. And they didn't. Well, <laughs> and by that point, like the pacing is beautiful because you do start to feel a bit of fatigue when you jump through, even though it's still only 23 minutes long, when you jump through four different stories, you can get a bit tired. And then you're like, okay, we're starting a story from scratch. We've got a beginning, middle and end. So each one is progressively shorter. And especially that last one is like really, really clips by and it just helps you get to the end of the episode. It's really, really, really well done. Yeah. And it was like the two hours later. Oh, so good. Three hours, <laughs> Three hours later. Four, Four hours, hours later. later. The so good. Thing. Listen, if people get stuck in a turbo lift a lot, there mm-hmm. should just be one of those like little bathrooms that pops out. No well, yeah, one should have to pee in the corner. There should. They really should. And there should be like a <laughs> screen or something to keep you entertained. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was no reference to the rogue ship and all of the zapping this week. Like, oh my God, this you're was right. a We don't have time this week. We are focused on this. And I think that's great. Whoa. If it doesn't fit into the story, don't do it. Okay, that bl- blew my mind a bit, <laughs> honestly, uh-huh. because I should have remembered that that's a thing. How brave. 
Right? Like, I've got a lot of respect for the show, and that really sends it up to a different notch for me because I would feel a sense of obligation to the seasonal Easily. story, mm-hmm. but they didn't do that. And I think, what more are you going to do with that story until you start giving some answers? So I don't think, you don't need to see it blow up another ship. We get it. We know what it's doing. So I think you save that 30 seconds and use it in this story. And I think that was really, really smart. Man, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. And maybe that's why I like, that's like another reason instinctively I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Because it would have totally, totally changed the tone of of this episode. For sure. Like yeah, this, it this episode can't exist so really because yeah. if if this like progressive story, this progressive seasonal arc of this enemy comes in at the beginning of the episode, why would they send them on an away mission to study Moss? Mm-hmm. And if it happens in the middle, then they wouldn't have the chance to continue on, you know, with their storytelling. Um, and then at the end, oh, okay, interesting. Okay, I got a thought. Theory: there is something happening, so they weren't rescued at the end of this. Something happened. No. What was the be- what was the cause of this cave in? Do you remember? No, I don't. I bet oh, it's the attack. I, it could be an attack. That would uh, be fun. So they are stuck on in the cave because I can't they, remember. weren't they scanning something? And they wasn't went, Rutherford running off to do something and triggered a cave in. I thought that they got a transmission that said, "Hey, get out of there." Oh, I bet that's it. Maybe they are under attack. That would be a really smart way to tie it in. Because they have to have some kind of a reason in, in a way, you know, for this episode to exist outside of yeah. the seasonal purpose. But anyways, whether they do that or not, mm. um, I, I wouldn't be surprised because we didn't end the episode seeing them return to the burrito. Mm. So I feel like that would be an important, like, that could be a really interesting way to tie that in. It so. would be really, that would be really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But even if it doesn't refer back to it, I think it's, yeah, it, it I think really it's a really nice. good idea. Yeah. It's probably my only, like big big negative for the whole season is that tng is famous for being rewatchable as a standalone episode like with not a lot of undertying arcs like when you rewatch these episodes it's going to be a bit like oh we're in that part of this other story that has nothing to do with this episode like it's going to feel a little bit weird rewatching it in the future when the cold opens are often ai ship attacking something that doesn't relate episode yeah i can see what you're saying Mm. Cool. Well, I think that's everything I've got. Anything else before we do some scenes? The one thing that I'll say is there was another moment that I smiled a lot because it reminded me of you, Ian. And it's mm. a very visual thing. So I'm going to do my best podcast listeners to describe it. Okay. When when Ian gets excited about something, he puts his arms in the air and he wiggles them like noodles. I do a Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, very Kermit-like when he's very, like when he gets really excited about stuff. It's pretty great. Uh, we should probably clip it at some point in time, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, somebody has clipped it. I think it's on, if you go to the Captain's Pod Twitter feed, it's in there somewhere. Okay. Well, the the veneer people do this when they are happy as well. Oh, they do with their little tentacle arms. It was adorable because at, at the end when Boimler you and the guy us. got friends... He, they, yeah. were, they were so excited. They were so excited. They just put their <laughs> arms up in the air because they were so excited that they were no longer enemies but friends. Yeah. And they just start like wiggling their tentacle thingies. And I was like, oh my God, it's like it's Ian. Ian. It's like Ian in his final form. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm glad that I've finally been referenced in Star Trek. It's been a dream. This isn't how I thought it would happen, but I am thankful for it nevertheless. Wow. I love mm-hmm. it. I did. I, yep. Yep. I think I mentioned everything. I, I really do love the idea that the, the veneers are just constantly stalactites and, st- and stalagmites in every cave. 
yeah they're always there they're always watching i love that if um, yeah if i was a terrible person i would go into a cave and then i would like carve in their little forehead symbols on some of them so when they're found in the future that they just think that they're aliens but they that's that's defacing things that we we shouldn't do that we shouldn't we shouldn't do, we that. Should that, do that that way lies bad alien prequels mm-hmm. um uh, i would i'm just waiting for the day where strange new worlds or something references lower decks and says so like, oh, it's a cave problem. Oh, I guess it's the Vendorians or something, and it actually happens. Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, come yeah. full circle. I can't. I can't wait for that day. The last thing I wanted to mention was, and I think it brings me some comfort that in the future there are still crazy conspiracy theorists like <laughs> um, Levi or Levy. Levy. I can't remember Levy. his name. Levy. Levy. Um, who is just like Wolf Three Five Nine was like an inside job and he's on the subspace forums and they're just making up stuff like no and i love i didn't write it down but boimler has a speech about oh no i thought it was a conspiracy theorist invented to fill in the lies because it's too complicated to know how the universe really exists and we make up something that's more comfortable i was like wow way to sum up conspiracy theorists yep (laughs) i love that that's still something we're battling in the future we still have to battle the bullshit and Whatever happens, someone out there is going to think it's a conspiracy. Yeah, it was a fun episode. Uh, let's send the shit out of it, shall we? Let's do it. Lots of fun. <laughs> let's over to engineering and find some sins. Battle stations, everyone. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved lower decks. Ambassador, you first. I actually have a few this week. I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't have mentioned some of these stories to each other um especially rutherford and boimler since they like live together but even if mm-hmm, even if they mm-hmm. didn't even if they didn't the way that that they're like kind of starting the stories like boimler's like oh yeah i, I learned this technique on this away mission mm. and and he's really casual about it instead of saying like when i saw when i learned that the vendorians were real yeah, he doesn't. They save that stuff for the flashback so that we're there's surprised of, by yeah, it. Yeah, there's a lot of drip feeding information for the if flashback. You, if you are in it, like you don't save that stuff. You like you go right in for it, right? When you're with your friends, like guys, did I tell you about this time? Whenever I've learned that the Vendorians were real, I or- don't know because I'm even. I'm thinking about me, you, and Aaron, like. Even when I'm here, like we work so much. There's stuff <laughs> that true. I'm just like. This happened a week ago, and I haven't told you, even though we see some combination of the three of us see each other pretty much every day. There's still stuff we haven't caught up about and we don't talk about, especially with, like, Rutherford. Uh He's more submissive as well. Like, I can see Boimler coming home, talking about tons of whatever stuff happened during the day, and then passing out, and Rutherford's just like, yeah, no, I had a crazy day too, never mind, go to sleep, good night, we'll talk Uh about my stuff later, bye. Okay, have you had that same experience while you're in a room with your friends and things are very busy but the room is slowly being taken over by toxic mold no we kind of fo- that kind of tends to focus the mind somewhat doesn't it though yeah yeah i think i, I try that. to sin it yeah like i i think everything's gonna eat them by the time that's <laughs> like one of ethan or ethan one of uh aaron's sons it wasn't even ethan it was justin came in while we were watching and said while they're telling stories aren't they going to get eaten by the moss <laughs> and i'm like yes sir yes they are and that to the sims yeah they they absolutely should have been eaten by the moss well I, and i guess they are by the end they it's are. just lucky that the moss doesn't kill but them because the it's enjoying the stories. stories yeah 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 the green one yeah it unsins itself because the bug becomes the feature doesn't it because 
the reason they aren't being eaten is because of the stories. So damn you, Lower Decks. But yeah, the, the pregnancy is a big one. Like, I would even imagine, like, they probably see each other topless. Like, hasn't he got a scar? I guess they can heal Maybe. the scar. I, I guess know. that's no big deal. I don't know. Like, I, I, I just have a hard time being like, dude, I, I popped out a baby today. I'm real tired. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. I don't yeah, know. Right? I remember <laughs> that time I had a kid. Well, so that is one of my sins as well. The way that Rutherford delivers that is deliberately shocking as well. He's like, yeah, we got trapped in a cave and I had a baby with Dr. Tana. I was like, no, that wasn't your baby. Like he even says our baby. I was like, it's not your baby. You didn't have a baby with the cat. You had a, an alien impregnated <laughs> you with their consciousness. Alongside the cat, not with yeah, the cat. You, she yeah. was baby adjacent. She delivered <laughs> it. Like I didn't have a baby with the doctor. Like it's different so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. stop goosing the tension and mm -hmm. tell me how it is um another sin for me is tendies uh at the very so she like doesn't have a cave story but then uh, and then she tells her story and then mm. they start to like just like blurt out more cave stories to the moss because they're excited to make a moss friend a and also yeah. not to be dying um and then she instantly has a cave story and I found that to be a little frustrating because she says something at the very end about like, oh, but I remember that time we were stuck in a cave and something happened. Uh -huh. and I was like, wait, you had that the whole time? You have one? <laughs> and you were still trying to push the turbo lift uh, story onto us? Uh, tandy, tandy, tandy. Um, I don't know why they don't know <laughs> that they aren't on the same mission. It feels like whenever they turn up to a mission, they have no idea who else is going to be on the team. Yeah, maybe so. Like, shouldn't they know that? And like, one of them was leading that mission. So who how was did it? They, how did nobody who, know? Who, who I don't was know. leading the mission? I don't know who was in charge. But one I of think them it was probably been. Mariner. I think Mariner was in charge because that, maybe that's why she was acting a little funky. Maybe. Because she knew and she assembled them on purpose. It. They would maybe. have mentioned it. I don't know. You never I just know. think the team leader should know. And usually the, t like the, the protocol is team leader picks their team. So there should have been somebody that was leading that but yeah. obviously they didn't want that they just wanted the four of them mm -hmm. um this is a silly sin as most of them are anyway uh why are there away m mission costumes the clothing not more interesting <sighs> wait what i just in, instead I of really their starfleet like uniform yeah i really like it whenever they are away mission they, they get to change into some badass clothes you know they, 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 they do a little outfit change and sometimes when they do away missions they get like a little darker away mission jacket or they get like mm. a new like a new away mission thing and i was and, and i just I, I i was i was wanting to see something different yeah strange and, new and worlds has is, spoiled you in terms of costume variants that's something so we didn't pretty. get in the tng oh, days i love the they the costuming in strange new worlds makes me so happy and and then they'll have different kind of boots and those little leather jackets are just so great and those anyway. silver jackets are so so nice i want one i know anyway, you can buy one as well i i know it's silly but mm -hmm. I, wanted, no, I, agree. I wanted i wanted to see some you I want some variety. Yeah, I want some variety you want some spelunking gear that's what you wanted explicit I did. spelunking I did. gear i did i wanted so that to see i couldn't shit on your prediction we're going into the cave let's yeah. dress appropriately let's get some cave stuff no yeah. it's fair no, i'll let you have happen. that yeah okay um i would send the nonsense that boimler predicts what uh, Mariner's story is going to be and then it is and he's like yeah judging by how these stories have went I bet you have a cave story with Delta Shift she's like no I don't that's stupid oh you totally do she uh, totally uh, does she like, super yeah. does yeah character predicts thing that immediately happens yeah yeah silly sin and that's it for me I, I really didn't have a lot on this one I can go into yeah. the chat if you'd like for me to
No, well, I've got a couple more. Um, one of them I'm going to have to abandon because it just says convenient is convenient. So I've misspelled something and I don't know what it is. What? Convenient lahurjum is convenient. Um, my last real, my last real real sin is that we kind of have the cliche of you didn't tell me this. I'm hurt that you didn't tell me. Guys, life is busy. Do not judge your friends if you're not the first person to know their news. That does not dictate how important you are in their life. Sometimes it's just proximity. Sometimes mm. the story is just more relevant to a different friend. Preach. Do not be hurt. That is too much pressure. You are loved. You are worthy. Mm. There are other mm. ways they will tell you they don't want you as a friend. It will not be necessarily because they haven't involved you in a story. Wow. I mean, well said. But also how hilarious it was it when they're like, oh, you went to the, um, what was it? What's that room called? Oh, the holodeck? Yes. Yeah, you went they to the holodeck so with Lee Levy? Like, you did what? Without us? It's the worst. <laughs> it's like, you did this thing without me? No, it wasn't without you. I just did it with someone that wasn't you. Like, you, not that, without that, that, you. Oh, I think what you're meaning to say is, purposefully without you yeah it wasn't deliberately without you you just didn't happen to be there like i went to the bathroom without you earlier but i didn't realize that was I, our there was thing. an expectation yeah mm -hmm. exactly yeah this is why clear communication is needed and hey you know what while we're just giving some real deep advice here mm -hmm. if you have a friend that tells you that you can't go to the bathroom without them that is not a friend run no nope. okay no nope. mm -hmm. exactly okay. exactly you gotta poop <laughs> uh any more sense from you um no i think that's oh no 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 sorry i did have one more so this is when rutherford is talking to the alien that's looking after its young and says if you let us go we'll guarantee no one else ever disturbs you way to speak on behalf of the entire universe you can't <laughs> guarantee what are you gonna do booby trap it Maybe. you can't guarantee that nobody is gonna make it into that cave and disrupt you stop making promises stop making unkeepable promises boimler uh rutherford yeah rutherford damn it rather rutherford my very last sin is that this is multiple episodes in a row without Talim. Which has been brought up in the chat so many times. It's like the recurring thing, you know. She's great. Why isn't she should be like promoted to season regular? She's incredible. Weren't we doing this with another episode, with another series too, where it's like where so-and-so wasn't in this episode? Oh, Strange New Worlds, we would do it all the time. Like, with where who? is Hemma? Where's Hemma? Hemmer! That's why isn't right. Hemmer in I'm this like, episode? I have a memory here. Friend of the show, Bruce Hawk. Why, oh, no. why isn't he in the episode? It's to on the Hemmer of... Lower Don't deck? kill her, I swear. If you kill her, I will riot. <laughs> Jiminy Christmas. That is it for me. Anything else? Nope, nothing else from me. Although there's some really great ones in the live chat. And we will talk about those after the show. Uh, yeah, we will. Open invitation for all of you. I know that we go live on a Friday, probably, you know, in, in, in your window where time. you're working. Yeah. Um, but you're welcome to join us. At you absolutely are. Whenever we decide to go live on friday um, amazing <laughs> well we'll be back next week for season four episode nine join us on youtube live YouTube. on the cspn channel over on the live tab all of our videos will be archived there for all as long as youtube so if you want to catch up on a previous live show you can go to it there 
if you just want to listen, you can go and download the podcast and stuff. And that's and also on YouTube. If you want to see my puppies, there. If you want to see the puppies, they're there. They've been there cuddling the whole time. There's there's two of them there, and they're adorable. Um, send us an email, captainspod at uh, cinemasins.com. We are at captainspodcs on Twitter. Join us on Discord at discord.gg slash cinemasins. You guys are all the best. I'm Captain Ian, and I have to go do a Klingon Civil War. And I can chant with other people. <laughs> Live long and pods bar. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Oh my god, I am early. I am three minutes early. I guess that just means I can't get upset with Ian for not being here. But I'm going to watch the clock, you know, and then and if he's not here exactly on time, you know, then I'm going to be mad for no reason. Because that's a really good use of my limited and sacred energy. Oh, my God, it's 1131. And he's not here. Oh, my God. What? Oh, oh you're here. What? <laughs> I literally just started to complain about you being late. I'm, it's, it is it's 1131. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where is he? And then you pop up. Where is he? Captain's Pod, Stardate 827123.1. Welcome aboard Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema since to explore. <laughs> it's two weeks in a row, people. <coughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 827123.3. Welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema since to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, she. I haven't written an intro for you. <gasps> what do you mean? I forgot. <coughs> what happened last week on Lower Decks? Is that how you decide? Usually. Yeah, it's always a clue from the previous episode. Oh my god, That's I how have I've been no doing idea. It. Should we do a, a track or triction choose your course? Oh, yes. Yes. I want to explain that it's no holds barred this week. I have... I spent a bit more time on this one. When you say a bit more time, do you mean like more than 30 seconds? Yes, correct. <laughs> uh-huh. More than two minutes. So I said last week that I'm going to, that Justice was the next one. Mm-hmm. But because of when the episode lands and when we record this, you guys wouldn't have had time to send me anything. So oh, Justice is still up bummer. for grabs. We Listeners should... out there, you can still, if you want to send in your options, your version of this, then email it to captainspot.cs. Okay, so this is a different one? This is a different one entirely. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. So you're honoring the crowd. Okay, okay. okay. I'm honoring the, the audience. The episode title is Future Imperfect. This is the bit that's true. This is the setup. Riker, okay. Geordi, and Worf go on an away mission. Pretty much as soon as they beam down, they are hit with toxic gas that threatens their life. Emergency beam out. Get out of there. Geordi and Worf make it back to the ship. Riker is the last to be beamed up. We cut to black, and Riker wakes up, white beard, white hair. The ceiling of sick bay looks different. Beverly standing over him with a different comm badge. Right, Commander, are you okay? He's like, yeah, 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 what's going on, what's going on? It turns out that that toxic gas put a virus in his brain, and he has forgotten the last 16 years. So he finds out that the away mission, he's now 16 years in the future, and this virus has wiped out every memory that happened after the away team accident. That's the setup. Does that make sense? I'm following. 
He wakes up 16 years in the future with no memory of what's happened. Right. He's about to meet some children. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to meet like 16 years of him just having children with the crew. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> well, you stole my fake option. God damn it. What happens next? A, before Riker passed out and lost his memories, the Enterprise was in a battle with the Romulans. Because he wasn't there to make some crucial command decisions, many casualties resulted from the battle with the Romulans, including Deanna and Worf. Riker is crushed by this and works with Data and Geordie to try and travel back in time to prevent the accident on the away mission. Option B. The Enterprise is in the middle of peace talks with the Romulans. Admiral Riker and his sorry admiral picard and his assistant diana are helping captain riker to negotiate with the romulans because the romulans will only deal with him riker has to relearn everything that he has forgotten over the last 16 years in an attempt to jog his memory diana introduces him to jean luc his son b how did you know <laughs> okay what gave it away yes you're right okay so the uh, what was the beginning of A again? Before Riker passes out and loses his memory, he's in a battle with... The Enterprise is in a battle with the Romulans. Well, that would have been part of your setup. So that's how I knew. Oh, interesting. Why would it be part of the setup? So so you set up this episode that the, the, the show is... They go down, they have this thing. So I assume that's the beginning of the show and then yeah. the rest of it's... So, so you've given me information that happened before the beginning. No, because he's 16 years in the future. So this is all in the future for him. So when he passed, he's forgotten that he was in a battle Listen, with the Romulans. Listen, if I am super confused, so is any general Damn audience. Damn it! And B just made more sense. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, <laughs> fine. Part two. So Riker has the virus. He's in the future. He's just met his son, Jean-Luc. Riker begins to realise that there is something weird about this future. The main computer keeps lagging. Data is lagging and getting information wrong. And the final straw is that his wife, the mother of his child... Isn't Deanna Troy. Isn't Deanna Troy. Oh, fuck that. When he sees a picture of her, it's actually a holodeck program that he made years and years ago. And that's how he figures out that this is actually... <laughs> a kinky a, fucker. This is actually a Romulan trap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All the decks are so gross. Yeah. He's like, wait a second, that's my porn. <laughs> that's my porn. That's not my wife. That is it. If it's not it, I'm going to be so mad. I don't even want to know. <laughs> the next one, that is it. Tell it me that that's it. that the, this future is actually a holodeck simulation created by the Romulans in order to get Starfleet secrets out of him. That's it. That's the answer. Do you, do you want to hear B? No, okay. I don't. Is it it? Do you want to hear B? Am I right? Do you want to hear B? God damn it. <laughs> you have to hear both of them. Okay, okay, okay. That's okay. how this game works. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, when faced with his son, Deanna reveals that they are married and Jean-Luc is their child. However, Riker's memories do not return, but he does begin to dig into his history and relearn what he's missed. He finds out that Worf had been a Klingon spy all along, Data had left to explore the universe with Q, and Geordi had never been blind. He has his vision, and he never remembers being blind. What they find out 
is that the toxic gas not only made him forget 16 years of his past, but it contained a microbe that pushed him into a parallel dimension. It's, it's A. It's A. Yes, it's A. 100%. 100%. Or Vaughn. I was like, oh, that is, that is 100%. It's really great because he looks at a picture and he's like, <laughs> huh, is this my wife? <laughs> this person right here? This yeah, yeah, she died in the shuttlecraft accident. You mean the hologram? <laughs> <laughs> Number three, the resolution. Now that he's faced with the Romulans, they continue to torture him, but a lady Romulan takes pity he overhears the lady romulan arguing with the commander romulan and she believes that they should not be taking the risk of taking on starfleet she steals two personal cloaking devices and agrees to free Riker in exchange for asylum with the federation they head to a transporter room in the midst of a firefight she pushes him onto the transporter pad and beams him to an escape pod and gets zapped and killed herself we end on Riker in an escape pod looking forlorn at the Romulan ship. B. Riker is taken to a holding cell by the Romulans, finds Jean-Luc, his son from the, the holodeck creation, finds that his son is there too, and he can't understand why the Romulans would be holding a human child. They, they decide to escape together, but Riker sees more inconsistencies. The Romulans aren't scanning for them. The doors are open. There are convenient things left to help them. He presses Jean-Luc, and he reveals that he's actually an alien with telepathic powers that reached into Riker's mind and created this reality for him after his parents died. And he just wanted a plaything. And Riker convinces him that he can't be a plaything, but he will help him find his people. And they leave. Now, this one stumped me. Yeah. Yeah, because they're both, to me, they seem like they're both kind of like plausible. Like, there's a chance that the franchise would would want an opportunity to show the more human side of the Romulans. Mm. And there's a chance that, like, the opportunity to even send somebody to Starfleet for asylum would be a very interesting kind of thing. Um, I can also see the franchise doing something where they have like a double reveal. He realizes mm. he's in a simulation and then he looks around and he's still in a simulation and the childlike entity wanting a plaything sounds mm -hmm. like a pretty good out. So Very essentially so so essentially it would mean that he would wake up somehow, you know, back in the thing. The fact that this starts with an away mission where they go to a planet and then they're attacked by gas, tells me that it's option B. The kid alien. It's the kid alien, I think. Nice, you did it! Yeah, That was great! Because they weren't attacked by a Romulan ship. This was like an accidental situation. So the Romulan thing was just all kind of like pieces of his mind, mm. you know, pieces of his experience. Because at some point, the Romulans would have to be involved somehow. Well, the idea was that the Romulans gassed them. So the kid gassed oh, all okay. three of them. But only Riker stayed behind. So yeah, the idea was that the Romulans did the, the... He was trying to convince them that the Romulans did the gassing. Oh, okay. Well, well, there you go. I guess I could I could have gotten... I could have gone either way on that one. You did all three. <laughs> Excellent bit of logic. But what was my first one, though? Why was that, like... The, Riker with the, the Romulans and then time travel into the past. They want to undo the accident today. They want to go back in time. Listen, it's a good idea. Uh, I just thought the other one made more sense. Okay, I've got to make or... my ideas more boring, I think. I think I, <laughs> I need to make my options more boring. They're too exciting. 
Okay, so I just got this text message, and it's a simple text message. Hi, I'm Anne with U.S. Speaks. We're polling Missouri residents. Can you answer a quick poll? Not a big deal. I mean, whatever. I get, you know, phone calls yeah. and texts yeah. all the time now. That's just life. Life now is if you have a phone number, you, you're you just in this cyclical this bullshit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm on hyper alert that every message I receive could be Mrs. Perkins messaging me again. And so uh-huh. I glanced at it and it was like, hi, I'm such and such. Can can you answer a quick, you know, like that's my, where I scanned it. I was like, oh, so oh my God. It's, well, I mean, who is this lady? First of all, who's Mrs. Perkins? So that's what I was going to tell you about. Uh, uh, just a real brief version. I had my uh-huh. very first and hopefully only ever experience where I got a phone call from an angry wife who found my phone number and my picture in her husband's phone and wanted to know who the fuck I was. Ooh, <laughs> drama. Danae, what have you been doing? So her husband is somebody that I met when I was a teenager, and I had one of the dumbest, most dangerous, stupid summers of my life. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, in that period of time, I ended up meeting somebody who had become my mentor, like, this guy's dad owned a marketing agency mm-hmm. and Jacob worked at this marketing agency and he mentored me for a number of years. And when he passed away a few years back, I re-meet Mr. Perkins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This this guy that I knew for a summer. Perkins Jr. At this event, mm-hmm. at, at, this, at this funeral to send off. I say hi. He says hi. Wow, it's good to see you. Wow, it's been so long. I guess... Phone numbers are exchanged. Well, I don't have his phone number, so I. Oh, you were just like, yeah, sure, text me. Now, all these years later, I get this call from Mrs. Perkins. It was basically like, who the fuck are you, and why are you on my husband's phone? Now, she gets to choose what she wants to believe. Of course. But the truth is that not only have we not spoken at all, but there really is a reason that he doesn't know the name Danae Hughes. (laughs) Oh no. So, so apparently, you know, they're having obviously some marital stuff going on and she finds me in in the phone and she's like, who the fuck is this? And he responds, I don't know, which is suspicious as hell. Right. Of course. But the truth is, is my name is Jennifer Danae Boycehausen and that I married a Hughes. So mm-hmm. yeah, out of yeah. high school, I started going as Danae and yeah. he wouldn't know that because we knew each other before I graduated high school. Yeah. <laughs> so we have no clue of that. He doesn't know who Danae is. What an amazing confluence of I mean, just events. insane. And so she's like just super sketchy and she's asking questions and she's like, well, why does he have a picture? And I'm like, I don't even know what picture he has. I'm, I, he could have taken it at the event. <sighs> yeah. He could have grabbed it. I mean, I used to be Am on I Facebook. Am I looking at the camera? Is this a picture I, I of me in my house? I, like, and this do, is my, am yeah. I aware? <laughs> so I, I said, send me the picture. I can tell you where yeah, it was taken. I, but I have no idea. Now, if he has a lot of pictures of me in his phone, I am question now mark. concerned. Yes, question mark. 100%. <laughs> so we should talk. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, that's weird. Yeah. It's just a bunch of screenshots of the Captain's Pod live show. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hi. <laughs> Here's why I wanted to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Because my bl- my brain splits into becoming something supportive and mm. impo- and, and, and like, accidental counselor. She probably doesn't want to hear that from me. Not you know? from the woman that's the cause of the affair. Absolutely and I'm not. Not even the cause of the affair, <laughs> Ian. There, there isn't an affair. And if the, if it is, it ain't with me. But listen, as time has gone on, I just have seen so many times that 
when people are ready to make a big decision that usually involves a breakup of some kind, whether mm-hmm. it's work or relationship, yeah. friendship, whatever, there's this like instinct to pin it on a moment, yes, a big moment. Wait for a big argument. Right. Even though you have all of the evidence you need that you're not happy, you, you kind of like are looking for the excuse, so to speak. We would have been fine had it not been for this one big fight about Marmite. You can either like own up to that in your own mind mm-hmm. and choose to just do the awkward thing and just say, I'm, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not happy. Yeah. I, I don't even have to explain it to you. I don't have to validate it, but I'm, you can try. You well, can I not mean, try. it depends. If you've been together 30 years, maybe like, oh, is the wrong word. But it would be nice to explain it to your partner of 30 years. But if you've been together like months or even like a year or two, just like, yeah, I'm not feeling it. I don't think we're a good match. Bye. I think there's a difference between what is like, is like ethical the right word? Mm. Yeah. Like just the decent thing to do. The decent thing to do versus what you have to do. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do shit. You can just disappear. What were we watching together? Was it last week? And it was maybe... Oh, I think I did this on purpose. I think I trolled you on purpose. I think I sent you a short and it was a person who was microwaving their water to turn it into tea. Oh, they were explaining (laughs) like they were doing this. And you're not, what's amazing is you're not the first person to send this to me. I think somebody in the chat or on Discord will have sent it to me as well. Hi, Nick. And it's this person that says, okay, guys, this is really easy. This is how we make a cup of tea. First of all, you get your cup, you beat it over a dog's head. And it's just like it, the, the list of just ridiculous things that you do. And it's just like, I like fill up the mug with milk and then I put the tea bag in. Then I add some water and then I microwave it. And it's done. You make the perfect <laughs> cup of tea every time. I'm like, you dick. No, that's not how you make tea. <laughs> is only black tea English tea then? No, 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 no. It is tea bag, a little bit of milk, boiling water, two Bo- sugars. Boiling water. Done. Two sugars. Done. Done. That's it. That is tea. Do you let it steep? Yeah, for like two minutes or so. Well, th- you need to add that into part of your speech. Okay, so you know. steep for two minutes. Before we get into the show, I this while we were doing the intro, I got a message from my mum, which and it's we've talked about my mum before and how she has a habit of collecting cats that aren't hers. And she's like, "Oh, however does this happen? It's only because I'm feeding them." She sends me a picture saying, "I don't know how, but we've attracted a new cat into the garden." This is now there is mom. Ben there is Benji. Oh, mum, <laughs> there is Benji, there is Lady Cat and there is Watson. And now there is another black cat with white socks. Oh, can we name him Tux? (laughs) We can name him Tux, yes. So Tux has now been attracted into the garden. Mm -hmm. And mum sends me a picture. And I'm sure, I I haven't looked at it fully, but I'm sure the preview showed some food in her hand. And she's like, (laughs) we have another cat and I don't know how. Four cats. My mum now has five cats. We are asking for you guys to consider leaving reviews of the podcast, specifically on Captain's Pod, because... There's people who are looking for watch-alongs, and guess what? Captain's Pod isn't on those lists for some reason. We don't know why. Because the internet is strange and dangerous place. It's but because yeah. we, every every site has their own measuring system, and you have to join the sites and leave yeah. reviews, and it's such a pain in the ass. So please only do that if you would like to um, mm-hmm. have your ass have pain in it. 
reviews would be incredible, especially on Apple and Spotify. That would be extra, extra helpful. Everybody should be pooping in your boots. Poop, pooping in your boots. That's a saying. Poop, yeah. <laughs> you ever it? been so excited that you pooped in your boots? <laughs>